Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come and take a look at the snow. Bright white as far as your eyesight goes. Come and take a look at the fields of snow. I'll just get my coat, then we're good to go. Come and take a look at the lake. Let's have a quick skate before it gets late. Come and take a look at the frozen lake. Put your clothes on, mate. Don't make that mistake. Greetings, holiday shoppers. There are now just 231 shopping days left until Christmas, and I think you know what that means. That means it's time for another episode of Christmas Creeps, your one-stop shop for holiday madness all year round. Hi, my name is Joseph Wade. I'll be your host for this evening. Here with me tonight are my co-hosts, Johnny Five, the human robot. Uh, Against my better judgment. He's here. And Mr. Bradford is here as well. Bradford? I'm back. Hi, gang. What's been going on with you this uh, month? It's May now, as we record this. How y'all doing? Be good. I went and... I ran away to join the circus, as as you guys had mentioned. You were accurate for once about where I'm my whereabouts. How's Bozo doing? Well, he's fine. I tried to be a clown, but it didn't work out. They uh, so what you wind up doing? Do you, they they put you with the lions and give you a chair and a whip and stuff? No, no, nothing so exciting. I got to uh, I became sort of I did costume repairs for the costumes for the dogs. Oh, it dog was, seamstress. Yep. It's nothing, what, nothing so exciting. What's, what is the male version of a seamstress? Is it a seamster? Yes. Really? Yeah. I'm a okay. seamster. Like a seamster, but with seams. I thought you were going to say that you ran away with the, ran away to join the circus, but you were so bad they made you just they made you a peanut vendor. No, they don't let you become a clown if you've been circumcised. True story. Wow. Yep. That's... We're that's like legitimately good information. Like we're getting the the uncut uh, real uh, shit here. <laughs> good one. I'm sorry. sorry, I got out of bed for this. Johnny Five got out of bed for this. Uh, so let's just cut straight to the chase real quick. Uh, so we put a po- I put a poll up on our uh, Twitter account last week, asking what you people wanted to see from us next. Uh, There were four choices. The choices were a big studio comedy, another Hallmark thing, which got zero votes, by the way. Thank Thank you, you. everybody. Some obscure garbage, and finally, a good movie for once. And obscure garbage edged out good movie by exactly one vote. Uh, So you people are to blame for this. You're welcome. Because I actually, in, in the back of my mind, I did have one film chosen out for each one of these, depending on which way the wind blew. And unfortunately, we landed on Obscure Garbage, which means tonight we're discussing uh, the 1972 quote-unquote film, Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. Um, so you call it Obscure Garbage, but I guess we should go ahead and address the elephant in the room, that it is less Obscure Garbage as of 2010, because uh, Riff Tracks did a live special of, of this right. film. Uh, so, yeah, this, this is one of those things that the Rift Tracks slash MST3K guys kind of, they're, they're known for, like, plucking these things out of obscurity and putting them back in the spotlight a little bit. And, uh, you know, we are the, the second generation of uh, film yucksters that get to shit all over it next. Um, so thank, thank Mike Nelson for this, I suppose. Thank you, Mike Nelson. Thank you, Michael T. Nelson. <laughs> and thank you Craig Nelson. We watched this without the benefit of riff tracks or at least I did. That's cheating. I I wanted to. I was tempted to, but I did not. You're welcome. 
Uh, both versions are available on Amazon Prime to watch. Uh, you can watch it with Riff Tracks or you can watch it without. However, there are, in fact, three versions of this film that you can watch because there's the Riff Tracks version and the non-Riff Tracks version. But as we'll discuss in a minute, uh, there are actually two versions of this original film. Uh, one features a short story of Jack and the Beanstalk. The other features a short story version of Thumbelina. The Thumbelina version you can find on Internet Archive, though I honestly don't know why you would. Maybe, maybe you did something wrong. And you want you want to feel the same pain that you inflicted upon others. And as your penance, you could watch Thumbelina. Right. If you're one of those film weirdos like me who like learning about this kind of garbage, you're going to go and find the Thumbelina version and leave it open on your uh, in the last tab on your browser like I do right now. Just waiting. Just waiting for the moment and chance to be watched. Uh, like like somebody prowling outside of your house only to break in and kneecap you. Like the saddest version of Toy Story, except in this case it's videos that just want to be watched and loved by a child. <laughs> uh, Ralph Rex the Internet, coming November this next year. <laughs> oh, right. God. So, Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. <clears throat> is an is it first and foremost is a title that should not exist. What the fuck is an ice cream bunny? Exactly. I have so many questions that going into this film that sadly were not answered and in fact were deepened. First and foremost, yes, what is an ice cream bunny? And the most the best I can figure is that the ice cream bunny is uh I don't He's know. He's a bunny it's... who hands out ice cream. There. Here's here's my best explanation. Mm. They were filming near a really, really, really shitty amusement park. Pirates? Pirate Land, was it? What was it? Pirates, I think... Pirates Cove? Yes. And the ice Pirates cream bunny World. drives a fire truck endangering children all around the park. and Almost hits a dog at one point. Yeah, and I just loved watching the, the fucking fire engine just shake side to side and children nearly fall off. And while they were driving through the park, there were about twice as many children on it as there were when they reached Santa at the end. <laughs> so at some point, the kids got to the end of the theme park and said, oh, you're still going? We're going to get off and stay here. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. Before they go out into the bush. Speaking of the bush, this is... So this is produced in, in 1972, and it's clearly a film where they just went out into the middle of nowhere and made a movie. North. In this case, like rural seaside, some random rural seaside beach in Florida. I looked it up. It's north of Miami. Okay. Which is still like, in all likelihood, South Florida, because yeah. all of Florida is north of Miami. Yeah. No, it, but it's it's on the Atlantic coast, not the Gulf Coast, and it's it's just north of Miami. That is assuming okay. that the, the beach where they shot is anywhere close to Pirate World. Because Pirate which World I'm... was in Broward County, which is right north of Miami-Dade. I thought right, all and... those world parks were in, like, China or something. Hmm? Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. The ones where they have, like, a tiny Eiffel Tower and tiny no, I'm shops. I'm talking about fucking the... Westworld, Christ. Oh. Oh, God. Are I the only one fucking is, watching that goddamn show? Is, is Westworld yes, in China? Yes, you is are. That, has that been established? No, I watched the first season. I just haven't dipped into season two. Is it established it's in China? Um... 
anyone care about minor spoilers show it the fuck out but yeah it, like um early on in episode one of season two like some chinese military dudes show up on the beach and the the westworld security guards like pretty much just tell them off like you know you know our agreement blah 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 we don't need you here huh okay interesting all right well, i for the second uh for the second episode in a row i i i reveal my ignorance of westworld and need to start watching it it's it's all right it's, i watch it Obviously not the second season yet, but anyways. Well, <clears throat> anywho, anywhoosin. So yeah, I'm only assuming that the beach that Santa Claus is stuck on in this segment is the, is the same is nearby Pirates World, if only because this is not a professional production, and I'm sure they just shot everything in a day. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. Uh. Let's okay, <laughs> real briefly because there's not much to talk about here. It makes uh, sense now. It makes sense now, because I was like, where the fuck did they get all these goddamn farm animals from? Oh, they got them from the goddamn petting zoo that the 70s amusement park has, because uh, it's the 70s amusement park. Oh, wow. Yeah, that makes a lot of that sense, scam. actually, because you, except for you, you see the... <laughs> yeah, except for the uh, the one animal that definitely does not belong there. The, um, the guy in the gorilla suit? <laughs> the man in the gorilla suit, Yes. The one on the poster. Um, Also, Rascal, who's clearly just somebody's dog, because I I love all all the scenes with the animals, because it's just like, you have the guy playing Santa being like, oh, I'm going to pretend that's tough to push this animal around, and the kids are just like, no, you just pull a chain that's wrapped around his neck and choke it a little bit. See, like this. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Should we get into the plot so we can address these? All of these horrible random elements? Yes. Yes. Uh, so David so, Sedaris is narrating, apparently, um, or, or some or a woman that sounds like David Sedaris is narrating. I was gonna go. It's the woman who got sampled on the Incubus of Science album in Magic Medicine. <laughs> <laughs> um, Santa's in Florida, and he's stuck on a beach. Why? Nobody really knows. Who knows? But his reindeer have, have abandoned him. They tried to get him out. They couldn't. Um, but and... b- before before we before we discover this, the very first scene in the film is Santa's elves singing, singing a song about why Santa is missing or where where is Santa? We don't know where Santa is, and they're singing it like, um, yeah, they're singing this song like it's when Reptar found Tommy on the ice, and he's just <laughs> making it up as he goes along. Hey, because they're just like, <laughs> look at these kids on the ice. Who let these just like, kids out on the ice? The song is like literally, fa-la-la-la-la, Santa's Wait. not here, fa-la-la-la-la, I guess we'll keep working until he shows back up, I don't know if I'm allowed to take my break yet, fa-la-la-la-la. Yeah. La-la-la-la-la, should we unionize? This is... La-la-la-la-la. <laughs> there is no doubt in my mind that this was ad-libbed, and these children were put in front of a camera and told, okay, what, you're singing a song, and remember, Santa's not here, go. Yeah, well, in half the scenes where you see the kids singing, it's very clearly not, like, I mean, not, they're, this entire fucking thing is, is ADR bullshit, but, like, they don't even try to make the kids sing the same song as they sang when they were filming it. Oh, no, no, Yeah, no, like, no, m- yeah. maybe two of them, can't, like, workshop for 30 seconds and came up with a fake song to sing. The rest of them are just kind of, like, mouthing something. We don't know what. It's they could be mouthing the lyrics to Stairway to Heaven for all we know. It's kind of like when you're at a concert. Or in church, and you're supposed to sing a song, and you don't know the words to it, so you just kind of open and close your mouth and kind of make, 
<laughs> noises. It's like that scene at the end of Elf where everybody is singing Santa Claus is coming to town except for James Caan who is just mouthing his, who's just mouthing the lyrics kind of half acidly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> except, like in Ex- that movie it's on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's a movie we haven't talked about yet. Nope. Saving that one for a rainy day. Saving that one for a good time, which is not today. Yep. Um so, so the elves are singing their song and it cuts straight to Santa Claus who's just plopped down on a beach in his sleigh. And no reindeer in sight. It, I guess the reindeer disappeared or decided, fuck Florida, we're going no, home. Yeah, the reindeer decided, fuck Florida, we're going home, because the elves go and look out the door and see footage of reindeer in, like, the middle of Finland in the summer. And like, oh, well, Santa's obviously not here, but the reindeer are. And it's December 20th. <laughs> um, So, yeah, the narrator also, or Santa maybe, reveals when he's singing his, his monologue song. <laughs> Uh, yeah. That the reindeer got too hot, and that's why they left. They tried very hard to, to free him, but they couldn't. So they just leave his him behind. Sleigh is, his sleigh is trapped under what would probably take about two minutes at the most to like cover up the sleigh with. He's, his, hand, his sleigh is trapped under two handfuls of sand throughout. Yeah. Yes, but anybody who's been to Florida can tell you Florida sand is extremely heavy. <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> So Santa sings a monologue about how he's stuck on the beach and he can't get back and his reindeer are gone. And then he falls asleep in about two and a half seconds after he stops singing and he telepathically, uh, while he's singing, we see a montage of children doing very dangerous things. My favorite one is the kid who's jumping off the roof of an apartment building with one of those umbrellas that goes into the middle of a table. Yes. To be to be to be fair to this movie's safety record, he's not jumping off the roof of the building. He's jumping off the roof over the do- front door to the building. Oh, okay. he's jumping off the awning. Yes, with an awning. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, hang on, and we we see some kids wrestling in a way where it's like I think they're actually just fighting at this point. Yes. Um, there's a girl who, if it didn't cut to freeze frame, we'd see her eat shit on a skateboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a bunch of girls that are jump roping, and the one in the middle is how you know freezing at the top. How boring it's... must life must have been in the seventies? Well, it was oh, either, I don't know how... it was either jump rope or watch bullshit like this. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, pretty I much that. that. Oh. I, I I almost said I don't know how my parents did it, but my parents were well into adulthood at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. But no, so yeah, Santa sings this song while we see footage of children hurting themselves and freeze-framing at the moment of impact. <laughs> right before they eat shit. Exactly. It's it's very and then, good. And oh. then Santa summons all of these children by name because he's Santa. Except the jump rope girls. They're just all girls. Girls. He, he falls asleep and telepathically <laughs> connects with them. He doesn't even summon them. He's he's mind-melding with the, the, the kid hive mind. Right. It's summoning all my good children from around northern good, Miami. The good children of the world, or at least the ones that are bored on a Sunday. Yes. Uh, um, we're missing we're missing an important detail. Who directed this movie, by the way? That is a good question, and I have two answers for you. Barry Mann. Hello. Barry Mann directed the 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 sort of middle portion of the film, the 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 Jack and the Beanstalk film that we'll talk about here in a minute but the actual santa segments are directed by it's credited to a person named r minor which if you go to imdb or any other website for that matter is this person's one and only directorial credit which makes me think it's a fake it's a fake name 
And whoever actually directed this did not want their name on it. Yeah. I can't imagine why. So whilst all these children are running to help Santa Claus, we then cut to, for literally no reason, these two kids on a float out in the middle of the, the a lake who are supposed to be Huck Finn and Tom Sawyer. And you know that because they're doing Rocky Four dialogue of saying each other's names every sentence. Yes. Hey, gee, Huck, what's going on here? I don't know, Tom, what's going on here? And then in the background, it's like a bunch of kids are playing Old Man River on like a million kazoos. It's bizarre. Uh, And there's a baby raccoon. They have a baby raccoon tied up with twine because why the hell not? Yeah. But I I looked into this and apparently Tom Sawyer and Huck Finner are in this one scene because like while they were shooting this movie, they also tried to shoot a Tom and Huck movie that lasted for exactly a day and they gave up and went back to making <laughs> That's my this favorite movie part. Instead. The IMDb trivia specifically says not not that they shelved it, but that they gave up after yes, one day. Specific wording. <laughs> I love it. It's amazing. Uh. <sighs> so the kids try to help Santa with various farm animals, as we've established. We were treated to, like, a ten-minute montage of kids bringing various animals and just choking them out and dragging them around. It's terrible. But the first one that they bring Santa is not even a farm animal. It's a man in a gorilla suit. I don't... Which made me wonder if we were then going to get to see a little girl bring Frankenstein up to Santa Claus to get Frankenstein to pull Santa's sleigh. So... That did not happen. It must have been that the kids were not communicating, because I don't know if you guys know anything gorilla facts, but gorillas are v- very strong animals. And if a gorilla couldn't get that sleigh out from that sand, I doubt that a, a sheep or a pig or uh Yeah, like, like what's the order they do it in? They do gorilla, gorilla pig, sheep... Donkey, horse, dog, ice cream buddy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, fire truck. Well, no, not not even really fire truck. Not even the fire truck. We'll, we'll get to the biggest plot hole. Yeah, the, the ice cream buddy's just a fucking Uber, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but I, we we skipped over my favorite part, which was Tom and Huck hear the kazoos and go and look, and they have a conversation that consists of, what are those kids doing with Santa, Tom? I don't know, Huck. Let's just stay here and watch and not get involved at all. Yeah. <laughs> And then the then the raccoon like attacks Huck, and then the raccoon runs away. Um, I love it. I I guess that that these two literary figures are not under the thrall of Santa's hive mind spell. I don't know why that is. Maybe it was because they were born a hundred years before these kids, or they're fictional characters, or maybe they're just well, very know, Santa... bad children. I don't know. Well, they are very bad children. This is true. They're off the grid, but also. Also, Santa does not visit libraries, so, you know, why would they care? Right. Again, another gem from IMDb, revealing our geographical errors. The, the Mississippi River is over 100 miles from the nearest Florida beach. <laughs> <laughs> There's that, Thanks too. Thanks a lot, IMDb. Uh, like, I feel like that's a that's a detail that sums, it sums uh, this some movie Spurg up. Lord just had oh. to throw in for the sake of accuracy my favorite know? continuity error is the one scene during all of this animal wrangling i think it's the pig santa's just wearing sunglasses in each each wide shot with the kid with the animal and then it <laughs> zooms in he's not wearing sunglasses zooms back out he's wearing sunglasses again never addressed never he's never wearing them again for the rest of the film and it, he looks so rad it's such a good look i wish considering how much he vamps just to fill time to him just like oh i'm santa it's so hot i'm gonna do this that other just grab oh, 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 oh let me put I'm on these shades oh i've never been like, so hot in my entire life 
<laughs> um, there is also a scene later, uh, not because there is no real plot line to this entire movie. I'm just going to bring it up now where Santa finally, after complaining about how hot it is, even though he's alone for over, you know, 20 minutes, takes off his suit and he's just wearing a t-shirt underneath. And he's like, oh, that's much yeah. better. But when he later hears people coming, he puts it back on. He's like, can't let people see Santa without the suit. It's like, we know there's a guy under there. It's fine. <laughs> it's 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 ninety it's ninety eight degrees out, buddy. You can take it off. Santa is a, Santa Claus is a man with human needs too, children. <laughs> so the kid the kids when they're talking with Santa the first time ask a very good question, uh, which is which is why don't you just take a plane home? It's like why don't you? And he's like, oh, but I can't leave the sleigh. <sighs> and he fucking leaves the sleigh. Anyway. Yeah, at, at the end of the movie, he ends up just. Leaving the sleigh and magicing it, magicing it back to the North Pole. So this entire movie is is just a complete waste of time. Also, Santa I refuses. I can't leave the sleigh because thugs will steal my hubcaps. Yeah, it, it even when the kids are like trying to push a donkey around, he never leaves the sleigh. And at first, I think that it's it's an extension of his being. Maybe he has some sort of horrible biological umbilical cord between him and the sleigh, and the sleigh is actually some sort of grotesque metal tumor but uh eventually he does leave the sleigh uh unfortunately you know brad yes if we were the kind of podcast that named our episodes after the funniest thing anybody said this episode would definitely be called a grotesque metal tumor thank you i, uh, I just wanted to point that out. i i appreciate that but now i'm imagining this weird this weird conceit where santa claus is like is inextricably linked to his sleigh by some weird cosmic life tube yeah and i'm horrified i am genuinely horrified by this scenario you brought i think santa's more just hung over that's what's going on <laughs> it's kind of like it's like santa's like well like what are you doing down here santa well kids you know the song girls 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 i had to check out the tropicana at fort lauderdale and it's been a long night for santa i'm just gonna sit in this sleigh for a while santa realizes he's too drunk and he doesn't want to get a dui so he parks it on the side of the road and throws his keys out into the into the grass so he doesn't actually get arrested that's santa the scenario had to visit had. some fly honeys over in flagler beach and he's been a bit hung over <laughs> Because when the kids bring him animals, like, like twice total, he gets out like, oh, let me help. It's like, why aren't you helping from the beginning? Oh, because you're drunk. Okay. Mm, <laughs> yeah, why aren't you doing any of this? A much better explanation. Ah. Uh, so. So anyway. The kids fail. Anyway, the, the kids fail miserably. And they're all extremely dejected. And they're all sitting at the foot of his sleigh, disappointed and whatnot. And Santa has to start giving them this speech about, you know, don't, don't be discouraged. And you've always got to, uh believe remember remember to believe in yourselves it's, children it's, don't ever be discouraged you must like have faith. from like the fucking moaning lease episode of the simpsons where marge's mom teaches her like the important thing is to always just smile and pretend to be happy no matter how you feel like that's the song that's like all the fucking songs in this movie are like you know there's never a good being sad always be happy always look forward to it because that's what jack does because we are introduced to jack and the beanstalk which is our I I counted it. It's uh I think it's thirty six minutes long. This entire film, air quotes, is seventy minutes. Seventy merciful minutes. Good, thank you that it did not go any longer than that. So so a good over half of the runtime is devoted to this this inner this short in the middle. 
But there's so much fucking filler anyway, though. Just think about all of the scenes where there's either a repeated song or there's just no dialogue and it's just... Montage of them driving through a theme park or kids running? Yes. No, this entire movie... This movie is filler. Or it's just, like, silent footage of, like, a close-up of Santa's, like, hat glistening in the sun. Like, they're trying to do something artistic with it for some reason. Or it's just, like, an Evangelion-esque stock footage of Jack climbing the beanstalk that we saw 15 minutes before. There are a lot of shots in this movie that I thought would be perfect for a one-perfect-shot parody account. (laughs) Oh, I have the perfect one. I have have exactly the one, too. You gotta lay it on us. It comes near the very end of the film. Yeah. It's where the... It's where the ice cream bunny is driving up to Santa's sleigh, and Santa is has his arm perched on the sleigh in, in such a manner that you can see the ice cream bunny through Santa, the, the yes. hole made in Santa's yes. arm. I know the and one you're talking I, about. I just had this image in my head of the director like looking through the camera lens and going, yes, this is art. I'm making an <laughs> art film here. <laughs> oh, it's oh, so good. You, you, you know what? Here's how I described this film to myself like as I was watching it. I feel like... <laughs> If The Ring were a Christmas movie, this would be what was on the cursed tape. Oh, absolutely. There are... And then seven days later, an elf fucking stabs you in your sleep. It's it's like the audio is muddy. It's washed out. If you turn on the if you turn on the um, the closed captioning, half the time it just says indistinct singing. Yep. Yes. <laughs> it, it's so muddy. Like but I like... feel like the the scenes where they're driving the truck through the amusement park, I'm like, some obscure indie band has to have screen capped this and used it as an album cover, right? My f- or at the very least, like a poster for their next gig. Yes, you know. And then if My you slow captured... down the tape, you actually realize that it's it's stream of consciousness captured from somebody's brain, and there's a blinking about every couple of seconds. Yeah. John, what's your uh My favorite caption favorite? is Gorilla Noise Intensifies. <laughs> it's good. It's very oh, good. Man. Uh my my favorite is ju- is the very end when the ice cream bunny scene and, and it just says indistinct singing from kids and sirens sounding. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the indis- that's the inside of my brain right there. <laughs> uh and every time it says the kids are singing, it sounds like kazoo noises. It's very bad. It always sounds like kazoos, because I'm pretty sure it is kazoos. Yeah, because it is fucking kazoos, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, so, hang on. We don't need to talk about Jack and the Beanstalk very much, because you, it's you Jack and the, the Beanstalk. You the plot of it. If you don't, go to Wikipedia and type in Jack and the Beanstalk. You're welcome. Actually, there's a few extra add- add-ons here, because apparently, like, the giant stole the harp and the goose from Jack's family to begin with. Or at least like somebody if, fenced them and the the giant ended up with them. But yeah, yeah I like, think they actually say that he stole them from Jack's dad, I guess. Yeah, it's it's some weird like fucking like revenge plot thing going on. Yeah. Except not really because it the movie strange. doesn't bother to think about it. Um right. there's also th- a couple th- other elements. I think the- that I think it's just the movie's way of just hand waving away mm. the idea of like, why is Jack just stealing this shit from the giants? Like, oh right. well the giant stole it first, so it's okay. Yeah. Um, Can I ask a, a serious, legitimate question about Jack and the Beanstalk? Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this while I was watching this version. What is the actual point of Jack and the Beanstalk supposed to be? What's the moral? Like, what's the original to be? moral of the original story? Because I honestly cannot remember. I don't think it has a moral. No, I don't think it does. Because if I'm trying to remember what the actual story is. Alright, Jack's family is poor, he gets these magic beans, he climbs from the clouds, steals some shit, kills the giant at the end. Yeah. Right. 
I guess I guess my real question is like, what was the impetus for writing this story? I mean, it was. This is like a, a question for fairy a literature professor. Yeah, which I know you guys aren't, but that's okay. I mean, I I'm have just to trying to ask. It was just a fairy story made up to entertain kids. I guess. Well, I, I, no, I'm, I'm sure, but you, you know, like every every story Usually has like some moral. underlying like moral or or some something going on underneath. But I, like Jack and the Beanstalk, it's about a kid who gets sold beans by a guy by someone who's clearly trained to grift him. And the beans turn into a, a beanstalk where he goes up into the sky where a giant's castle is. And then he steals a harp and maybe... Uh, no, the golden hen is, is like from something completely different. No, the golden goose, yeah. But he goes up into the sky palace where giants live and he steals golden things and brings them back to his family and then kills a giant. Because, yeah, it, it, all of the where did this story come from? All of the missteps that Jack makes are are remedied in the end like if it's if it's be wary of strangers well that ends up working out pretty well for jack listen to your mom he doesn't and that ends up he ends up redeeming the family like it's actually more of an anti-moral than anything okay here i'm looking on wikipedia because as you do um apparently like there is a version of it published in 1734 that was you know the basic story that you know and then in 1807 another version was published this one adding the moral of, oh, well, Jack is stealing stuff back that the giant stole from his dad. That's not a moral, though. Well, it's, that's, it's, that's, it's that's not a it's moral. It's moralizing. It's, a, it's, it's it says it's, it's attempting to it's attempting to justify Jack's actions by like, oh, well, they're just because he's acting out of vengeance. Yes. And that makes it OK. <laughs> well, <sighs> I, I, I'm sure any of any one of our dozen listeners out there will uh, add us on Twitter and explain to us dum-dums the moral underpinnings of Jack and the Beanstalk. But let's get back, let's talk about my favorite character in this in this thing for just a minute. Lay it on us. And my favorite character is the character of Honest John, the used cow salesman. <sighs> <laughs> just your exasperation gives me life. Bro. I'm so and, tired. Um, <laughs> and I love how these people in the early seventies portrayed like fantasy world by just dressing in late sixties clothing. Yeah, yep. Because because the myth of the sixties is dead, and it might as well be a fantasy. Because like, what's Jack wearing? Jack's just wearing like like jeans, like a shirt, and, and like a, a brown sh- and a, a brown vest, like a brown like tassel a fringe, vest, yeah, yeah fringed fringe vest. vest. <laughs> and yeah, there's another guy just wearing like a fucking shirt that looks like wallpaper. Look, everybody is dressed like either a mama or a papa, okay? But <laughs> And so so honest John, the used cow salesman, he he buys Jack's cow and trades it for beans, correct? No, yes. he 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 yeah, he trades Jack some beans for the cow as opposed to giving Jack money. And for then the ends cow. up selling it for $35. Right. And then ends up selling the cow to somebody else. But then the moment that word gets out that Jack's beans created a beanstalk and that made Jack and his family rich, he switches to becoming a magic bean salesman. And he's buying, like, bags of beans beans. from from some dumbass kid at a farmer's market for a whole dollar and then marking them up because that's how capitalism works. I mean... But this guy... I just like this guy partly because he's so clearly trying to be that huckster kind of dude. And he also kind of looks like Jeffrey Jones, which is a little bit uncomfortable. (laughs) If there's any moral to this version, it's that 
unfettered capitalism is terrible and awful people take part in it and you're going to get grifted, so better watch out for the grift. Watch out for the grift, but if you can get some magic money, that's all. That's even better. If magic beans, though, are priceless. Yes, it's, it's, it's like a MasterCard ad. All right. So there's <laughs> what there's there's just a couple other things I want to address in this in yes. this version. Um my favorite character is the giant because every word out of his mouth is like he's like Bluto from Popeye. He's like, "Where's my stuff? Get me the get me the give me the hen. Okay, make another." And then whenever he whenever he's singing, he breaks out into this beautiful baritone voice where he's like, "Oh, fee fi." It's it's and he sings it's the, the exact best. same song three times. It's the best. How <laughs> how disparate these two these two voices are. It's excellent. Woman, bring me my creepy crawlies, woman. <laughs> I don't want skunk soup. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so something that you you see a lot in films, and you know, when people are eating or having a big meal. You never see them swallowing the food that they eat because you know because you you have to do so many takes. They always have a spit a spit bucket like just off out of frame. But this guy clearly is drinking and eating everything that's put in front of him because I really he's hope like it's... he's being like I mean he's being asked to be as gross as possible because you see that whatever he's drinking just running down his gross beard, and the giant like hawk of meat is just like greasy and awful Ugh. and. You can just he pulls it as, off. He pulls it off like as badly aged as like the, the film print that we watched is. You can still like see all the details of how gross this giant is, and you know what? It works. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right, Jesus. Everything else is pretty pretty standard. <laughs> Jack Jack kills the giant. At the end. Yeah. Everyone sings a song about how Jack killed the giant, and then Honest John gets to come back in and sing with them because sure, why not? Okay. Because, okay, Everybody deserves a second chance. Because the true villain of this film wasn't killed, although he should be hashtag eat the rich. Um, all right, so we return. and Santa's moral for this story is believe only good things, and good things will happen. Don't stop believing. Had that song yes. been written yet? No. There you go. Because this did this 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 only had half of the elements of don't stop believing. This had had people, but no streetlights. <laughs> Correct. Street anyway. lights, beanstalks. <laughs> okay, Homsar. That's my 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 Steve Perry impression is is remarkably similar to Homsar. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Fuck. Um. So so they here don't... comes the ice cream bunny. Yeah, the dog goes and gets the ice cream bunny. A the rascal. Ice cream bunny is. Just some guy in a bunny costume. And not even a good bunny costume. May I mention, we are 60 minutes into this film when the, ice, the titular ice cream bunny makes his first appearance. 60 minutes into this 70 minute, minute film. film. Correct. And <laughs> the ice cream Six bunny minutes has... Of, sorry. No, no, no. Six minutes of which are the ice cream bunny driving towards Santa. Yes. All right. And at, at first, I couldn't tell if it was actually the same kids or not because my only frame of reference to like which kids were which was if the same kids was because almost all the shots on the beach, there's a kid wearing a goddamn keep on truck and shirt front and center. <laughs> yes! yes, I was gonna mention that as well. It's the best. Ah, uh, 
All right. But at first I couldn't find him because he's standing like right behind Santa on the tr- or the ice cream buddy on the truck. Keep on but, trucking. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Despite the fact that most of this film is taken up by an awful Jack and the Beanstalk short, the longest stretch in the film is that five minute stretch where the kids are on the ice cream bunny's truck and they're driving through this horrible looking amusement park. So dire. It's like something out of like North Korea. Yeah. And a side note, uh, Pirate's World, this theme park, was shut down the year after this film pr- was produced because of Disney World. Thanks, Disney World. You did it. Disney World strikes again. <laughs> Disney oh, I figured you were going to say because you can only kill so many kids before the police start looking into it. <laughs> it's like an action. No. What is it? What is that place in New Jersey? Action I know park. there's yeah, Action, action Park. park. Yeah. There's a film coming out this summer. I think Joseph's really excited about it. That's apparently based on Action Park. Yes, I, I cannot wait for Action Point because <laughs> it's it combines my two favorite things in the world. Shitty theme parks and jackass. So you guys know all about Action Park, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, if any of our listeners are not familiar with Action Park, uh, please do go read about it on Wikipedia. I believe it it has the highest body count of any theme park in North America. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's like 11 like, people died, I think. No- notoriously unsafe rides and like poor quality control. And all done just for the sake of making a dollar. Like, this awful theme park in New Jersey, I think. Um, I think the one that most people died to was there was, like, a live wire down in, like, a lazy river and people got electrocuted to death. I think that claimed oh, two God. or three lives. There was the, the notorious um, loop-de-loop water slide that didn't yeah, like quite if you're, work. If you're, if you're familiar with it at all, that's that's the photo you've seen is this giant tube going, like, ending in a small loop that leads into a lake. Yep. And yeah, then, I think I think the only uh, theme park with a higher body count is Euro Disney. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah, um, in the Alice in Wonderland exhibit, they actually used a real guillotine for a while. <laughs> oh, John. Um, yeah, Action Park, uh, a lot of the staff, apparently the teenage staff would drink on the job as well. Uh, real interesting read. I really but, uh, want some full-length book about it. Please tell me. My, yeah, my favorite part about Action Park was just the fact that Literally all of the vehicles, like the boats and the go-karts and everything like that, you could just turn off the speed governor by jamming a tennis ball under the, under the accelerator. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and the staff would but, frequently do it for visitors. <laughs> hey, that's it, it, hey, they're paying money. Why not give them what they want, you know? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so the point being, the perfect excuse to make an action a movie about action park it's just a Johnny, no- a movie where Johnny Knoxville builds shitty rides and then hurts himself on them. Or if any plot gave, lent, lent itself to the Jackass formula, that's it. I agree. All right. Anyway. So the ice cream bunny shows up. And I don't think the ice cream bunny has any actual lines because it's, it's first of all, it's all Santa talking. But then the ice cream bunny, like, doesn't have a mouth that moves, so we can't tell. Yeah. And also, I... he's, he doesn't move his head at all either. Santa's like, who is that? Uh Oh, of course, it's the ice cream bunny. Of course, is the actual line that he uses. Because, of course, course. the ice cream bunny. Like, going with my theory that what happened was they got this guy to drive the fucking fire truck out of the park, like, a mile over to the beach on his lunch break. And they just ADR'd the entire thing later. So it's it's just Santa blustering over everything. So here's my question. It's 72. 
Yes. Why not just make it the Easter Bunny? That is a very good question. Because there's no licensing rights. They don't have to have a legally distinct from the Easter Bunny bunny. And it's 1972, so I'm guessing that they're not particularly worried about offending anybody not of the Christian faith. Because but they're already you're, you're filming a movie with Santa in it. Exactly. So like my my only why? thought would be like because the ice cream bunny is a literal actual thing at this at this park that they're in exchange for using him they're gonna do some like basically promotion but they don't actually say what the park is or anything or where so it is or what the ice cream I mean I assume the ice cream bunny's job is to hand out ice cream at the park but that's the best explanation I can think of is that it's meant to be an ad for this park. But if that were the case, there are no ads for the park. We don't actually know, see in the film what park it is. It never even says the name. Like, they, don't, they drive right. through a bunch of gates, and none of the gates have any names on them. See, I, I feel like this is a case where, like, this film has, has... This film got lost for so many years that so many of the relevant details are just gone forever. Yeah. Because unless we went and did a deep dive and actually tried to find some real... <laughs> if we actually tried to make content for this podcast... <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're not going to get answers to these questions, so it's just kind of a mystery as to why this even exists. <sighs> but that's the best—that's the best lead we have—is that this might be an uh, ad for this theme park that now no longer exists. So, in a complete opposition to Santa's earlier claims that he can't leave the sleigh, he ends up doing just that, and the. Ice Cream Bunny dumps all of the kids on the beach miles away from wherever they live and ends up giving Santa a lift to, I assume, the airport. Uh, and then the sleigh magically disappears and goes back to the North Pole because magic. As 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 it does, yeah. The, the most disturbing detail about this Ice Cream Bunny character, aside from the fact that he doesn't like gesticulate or move his head or do anything <laughs> to insinuate that he's actually a character... Uh, except for is, one thing, is that except for one thing, when he turns to a kid and winks at them, and I can't tell if it's if it's him winking at the kid or if it's because the head is kind of malformed and and going haywire, and the eyes are just doing whatever they're gonna do. I feel like it's one of those, you know, the baby dolls where if you lean them back, there's like weights in the back that make the eyes yeah. close. I think the yeah. head kind of works like that, and one side got tilted a little. Because it happens oh. one other time, and he doesn't, like, really wink at anybody dis distinctively. Like, there's the one right, scene it, where it's definitely towards a kid and might be intentional, but there's one part later where it's definitely not. It doesn't appear to be intentional. Where he's, like, turning right, away so, to walk somewhere, and he winks. So, once again, just like with this entire film, who knows? <laughs> yeah. And then I certainly don't. Also, those baby dolls had a thing where... I know too much about this. I had a sister, okay? Cut me some slack. That's um, fine. Sometimes the eye, like one of the eyes, would get stuck, and so it would like wink if you tilted it back. So if it's mm -hmm. using the same mechanism, maybe the other eye got stuck. Who knows? It's possible. It's entirely possible. This oh. is the seventies we're talking about here. Ice the ice cream oh. bunny's so creepy, though. I don't like him. I I don't want to see like a an Avengers style team up where Santa and all these other uh, characters meet up and fight what Jack Frost or something. Oh. I just don't want to see it. 
um, too bad because we're going to watch it because it's called oh, Legends yeah, of the Rise Guardians. Of the Guardians. Rise of the Guardians. Legends of the Guardians is the one with the owls. We always get yeah, them that's, confused. That's the fucking owl movie, yeah. I mean, we can watch Gahul uh, if you want to, but uh, I get the sense you don't want to. Gahul so, it if you have to. So in addition to making Jack and the Beanstalk, Thumbelina, and The Wonderful Land of Oz... Which are all, which are basically all like, what if these, what if these um, public domain stories were set in the '60s? Barry Mann oh. also made a bunch of nudie films. Barry Manilow, yes, <laughs> yes, he made a bunch of nudie films, and he also made a bunch of um, like government information films. Yeah, that that like weird um, like '60s genre of like you know. We're pretending to be a documentary, but it's just an excuse to show naked people. Oh, okay. I was gonna right. ask. Tell, I was gonna ask you to tell me more about these nudie films because I didn't know if it was like what they. I don't know what the. Is it bad well, that okay. I don't know what the English term is? But like pink films, where it's like there's a there's a plot and story, but it's really more an excuse to show. They're called skin flicks. Skin flicks. Yeah, that. Okay. Like like, but this he is a ma- he makes thing. the kind of movies that Travis Bickle watches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My real question is, who saw The Wizard of Oz and thought, you know what? I can do better. I don't I don't know that it's necessarily I can do better. I think it's more this is in public domain and I can do it. I yeah, I guess that's true. Think he had I don't think he had any any uh com- any illusions that he was making high art here cuz I watched like 10 or 15 minutes of The Wonderful Land of Oz last night after the ice cream bunny thing and it really does look like it's kind of like just him putting on a stage play and then filming the result because ah. it just kind of has that feel to it. Like it's a theater, like a theater production troupe with his son starring in the film as like, what's the name? Uh, Tip, Oz. I think his oh. name. No, like the kid. Um, but it's, it's like Tip and the, and the pumpkin head and the Tin Woodsman. And it's just such a, community theater production of wizard of oz like, that's all i can describe right. it can as. i can i please literally just read a list of all the films barry man directed please yes all right cuban rebel girls siempre in la arena violent women moral squad pagan island the dead one rocket attack usa bunny <laughs> yeager's nude camera she should have stayed in bed 1000 shapes of a female hollywood nudes report nudes and nuts <laughs> Nudes Incorporated, The First Time, Nude in the Pool, Naked Moonshine, Handyman, Crazy Wild and Crazy, Bunny Yeager's Nude Las Vegas, International Smorgasbrod, The Girl with the Magic Box, (laughs) Censored, The Beasts That Killed Women, Naughty Nudes, Confessions of a Bad Girl, Nudes on Tiger Reef, Yearning to Tease, The Swinging Nurses, The Roommates, The Art School for Nudists, Shocking Set, Sexy Shutter Babes, Nude scrapbook, nude in the window, nude a go go, nautical nudes, music to strip by, <laughs> hot skin, cold cash, hot rocks, hot numbers, crazy camera, bottoms up, <laughs> sin in the city, the love cult, prostitutes protective society, naked fury, double trouble, a good time with a bad girl, run swing your run, the sex killer, Fanny Hill meets Lady Chatterley, I was a man, the adventures of Busty Brown, sex club international. Rent a girl, part time pinup, instant orgy, the warm, warm bed, the diary <laughs> of the Knockers McCalla, Prowl Girls, <laughs> Forbidden Flesh, Fanny Hill meets the Red Baron, the Wonderful Land of Oz, Fanny Hill meets Doctor Erotico, the Love Pirate, Musical Mutiny, Santa and the Three Bears, Thumbelina, 
Jack and the Beanstalk, Santa's Christmas Elf, Shameless Shorts. Well, guys, you capstone. T- tune your... in next time for Santa's Christmas Elf. <laughs> yeah, which you, we're definitely watching. You crap. You you crapstone. You capstone your career with uh, what was it? Short something sh- booty shorts. What was it? Shameless shorts is the Shame- last thing. Shameless shorts. All right. <laughs> so I I mean I read up a little bit about uh, Barry Mann and he's oh well I guess and, and he, thank you Brad he's an interesting dude quote unquote. <laughs> Basically, his life story goes that he he was a fighter pilot in World War II, was captured by the enemy, made it back to the U.S., and became the official driver for, I forget the guy's name, but I think, it, oh yeah, he became the official driver for Errol Flynn. And at a certain point, just sort of made his way into the, the production of, like, just cr- cheap crap uh, movie productions, kind of like the one we watched today, where... He sort of figured out how to timetable things and basically Hollywood filmmaking by spreadsheet. Like everything is sort of machine like and cranked out on a very industrial kind of scale. And who gives a shit if it's any good or not? Yeah, he compared his pictures to making cars where it's like if we make a certain amount of profit per picture, then obviously we need to make as many as we possibly can. It's kind of like YouTube SEO seeking videos, but in the 70s. Exactly, exactly. I mean, he even called his company the production machine, so he kind of knew what he was doing. Whether or not it was any good is, is up for debate, and what but sells he knew what he was doing. more than anything? Sex. It, it actually kind of scans a little bit. Yeah, s- sell stuff for, for grandpa and, and sell stuff for kids. Like, mom and dad, who gives a shit? And Sergeant Scruffy. He's just a, and damn, Sergeant Scruffy. He's just a damn dog. So Barry Mann, yeah, he's got an interesting history, if you want to call it that, but... Uh, this is part of part of film history that most people don't know or care about, and for very good reason because, ugh. This is kind of what what happened to Ed Wood too. Like he made his cheap sci-fi crap, and then he he sort of uh, spun off into cheap porn crap, and then kind of died in obscurity. R.I.P. Rips. Um. But anyway, so Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny, that's a, it's a hell of a thing if you're willing to drink on a Saturday night and then watch something terrible. Or a Sunday morning, in the case of uh, Bradford and J5. It's, I want to say, if you're like watching it with a crowd and you're all having a good time and in the mood to watch something bad, I think it could fit that bill. Like, it's not, it is in the category of so bad, it's, it's funny. It's not boring and bad. Yes. It's not so bad it's good. It's so bad it's funny. You're right. Yes. Yeah. Um so hey, real I guess we're we're done here. <laughs> Crankometer? Please. Let's get out of this. All right. X on the uh, on our patented crankometer scale where we uh cr- where we rate these holiday films on an X and Y axis because we're a bunch of idiots. Uh on the X axis is the Christmas scale. How Christmassy is this film? negative one maybe i mean yeah santa the whole pl- the whole quote-unquote plot is that santa claus has to get back to the north pole before christmas um maybe he didn't, like it's not very it's christmas, not even like because it could be anybody on the beach it could be the easter bunny it could be jesus it could be uncle sam you know yeah, it really does not matter because all it is, is is somebody stuck on a beach with a bunch of kids and he tells them the story of Ja- uh, 
Jack and the Beanstalk and or Thumbelina. So, yeah, it could have been anybody. And then the ice cream bunny gives him a lift. It could have been Uncle Ter. It could have been somebody's uncle. It's blank and the ice cream blank. Like <laughs> who... <laughs> Uncle Terry and, and the ice cream gorilla. Insert proper noun here. It's it's it, this is this is a Mad Lib. This it's is Mad Lib's movie. By Mad Libs. So yeah, I've negative God, dude. Let's go negative three because yeah. I'm not feeling the Christmas love here at all. Also, I don't think they actually. Other than I think at the end they kind of hum they kazoo jingle bells for like a couple bars. There's not even a real Christmas song in here. Yeah. No. Yeah, you're right. Now I'm trying to think of like one of those like movie generator sites where all it does is it takes it takes uh like mythical figure and the food animal featuring fairy tale name here and then caps it off with they fight crime. And there's a oh, there's a pink spider man up in the mix too. <laughs> oh of course. Oh god. <laughs> did I did I bring up some bad memories? I'm sorry. You did. You really did. Um. So yeah. Neg- I- are we agreed on negative three? Like, we could go that lower. Good but to me, yeah. You know what? Negative three is fine. And then the y-axis, where we discuss the actual, the actual quality and merit of this piece of fine film art. Negative four. <laughs> negative five. Oh, this makes poop look good. Is this the worst? Like, is this actually the worst in quality? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they weren't shooting for very lofty heights, but even still, they didn't fucking get anywhere close to them. Like the no, yeah, the, the audio is terrible. Every all three of us had to turn on subtitles to be able to tell what the hell anybody was saying. And half the time, the subtitles were just like indistinct noise. The plot is non-existent and has tons of holes, and is used essentially as a framing device for another, at least somewhat more coherent piece of filmmaking. But only then, just barely. Oh yeah. Just like a negative four there. I would I would almost say this is... I would say if anything deserves a negative five on the quality, it's probably this. Yeah. It might... It is I mean, dire. This is, yeah, this is like fucking sub-clip show quality. Yeah, like, I have to ask the question, though, is this the worst thing we've ever watched? In... I don't know. I mean, I could give <laughs> let it... Me, like, let me look at our I fucking website so I can remember the shit we've watched. Other than stuff yeah. like Christmas shoes, where it's Christmas like it's higher production quality, higher production quality, but you know, worse plot. I don't know, man. Right, like this isn't morally reprehensible the way Christmas shoes is, but but I feel as, like that only gets you so far. Yeah, but as far as actual like film quality, this is just the pits. Like, say what you want about the Star Wars holiday special, at least it's watchable. At least you could actually literally watch the thing. I'd say probably the best this... contender for anything possibly being worse than this is maybe Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's that's close. Which, yeah, like, it's another doofy, like, MST3K thing that we watched. But... That at least has a fucking plot and a story to it, yeah. though. Like, yeah. Like, someone wrote a goddamn yeah. script for it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna say a negative five. Uh, negative five. If I could, if we did have these, I would do four point five. Let's but... see. In 2017, yeah. our lowest quality rating was negative four with uh, Santa Buddies. Oh, this is way worse than Santa Buddies. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I had to. I had to fight for that point. I'm gonna put this down there with Christmas shoes. I'm. My vote is a negative five. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah I, Christmas shoes. I think earned its five just for like. 2000 how dare you 2004 kinda... of it basically yeah like the, the kind of yeah. the, like the voted for bush a second time-ness of it 
<laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. That's perfect. Um, and and this this earns it pure on purely artistic merits. <laughs> yeah, I think it's also probably with the whole other thing surrounding like Jack. At least the way the film, the the Jack and the Beanstalk film, was made. Yeah. Just just the sheer like cold, not you know. There's there's no love for the art. And it, it's just it's just another film being cranked out because kids will watch anything, right? Yeah, like it's it's pure community theater, just like dross. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know what other word to use to describe it. This this early seventies uh, garbage drive-in cinema dross. <laughs> yeah, this is something. Ugh. This is something they put on at like, you know, there's some sleepaway camp in in the late seventies and. You know they've run out of other films to put on at the the nighttime movie movie show, so they they have this old film print that they they dust off, and it's Ooh, it's yeah, it's Santa Santa and the and, and the ice cream bunny. There you go, kids. You, you, no, you, you know what this is. If you turn on your if you turn off the cable TV and go to go to antenna and go to like channel like eight point four, yes, which is which is going to be like your the the local Christian networks. Um, third offshoot that just shows like whatever public domain garbage they could get their hands on this is the thing that's playing on a sunday afternoon absolutely we apparently gave christmas vacation on... 2 a negative 5 as well and that's way better than this yeah negative 5 is my but, vote but oddly enough it it is remarkably similar because you've got an idiot trapped on a beach with a an because of it with and or because of an ape and <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we... I have the the connection ends there. So are we in agreement? A negative five. Yeah. So uh, Santa and the ice cream bunny scores a negative three, negative five on our crankometer. Uh, so John, mark that you... on your sheets. John, are you in agreement? Uh, that's fine with me. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Just wanted to make <laughs> sure we had consensus. If we could give it a third negative number, I probably would. The the, so, the dreaded Z axis that we we will start using when we run out of ideas. Yes, when, when uh, the 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 Z axis is going to be our cousin Oliver. Like when we've given up and we've we've exhausted all other gimmicks, we're going to ex, ex we're just going to watch every Z-axis. movie again and then rate it on the Z axis. Yeah, every literally every other movie that's not Christmas if related. We, if we do that, I'm going to twist your arm, and we have to rename the podcast "Christmas Creeps in 3D." I'm oh I'm voting for the okay. Z axis when we finally implement it. Being how badly I want the Large Hadron Collider to just finally fucking kill us all. So it's going to be a five because assuming that we start in 2019 and things are only going to get worse, it's always yeah. going to be a five. There, there will always be more, and it will always. I mean, be it's gonna the the, the, the Z axis starts at five and just goes up from there. <laughs> okay. It's, yeah, the Z axis is asymptotic. Uh, oh boy! So that's that's Christmas creeps for uh, this this episode. What the fuck am I even saying now? <laughs> I've just lost the will to live. Next time on the show, we don't we, we call our shots so many times and then don't follow through. It's hilarious. Uh, like I came up with an entire game plan for this year, and we have followed it maybe once. <laughs> uh... We we like for example, we've been trying to watch Scrooge for like five months, and it never happens. You know, what next week we're watching plans. the original cut of the Magnificent Ambersons, which means we're actually going to be watching Jingle all the way. Oh boy! Well, 
Uh, that's gonna be. You know what? That's gonna do it. I'm I'm calling it. I'm calling time on this episode. We killed it. Um, Rest in fucking pieces. It's one twenty-two p.m. Two hundred thirty-three days until Christmas. Sh- Shermer High School, Shermer Illinois. <laughs> yes. <sighs> so for Christmas creeps, I'm Joseph Wade. I'm Bradford. I'm Johnny Five, the miserable pile of secrets. Yes. So, hey, if you like this episode, uh, we'd really appreciate if you told somebody about it. Maybe you have a person in your life that's a big fan of movies and or Christmas and or uh, listening to three heterosexual, six-gendered white dudes talk about movies. I know it's a rare podcast. Karen's genre. on sometimes. Uh, go, go ahead and... Yes, I know Karen is on sometimes. Also, sometimes, sometimes a lady gets involved and it's much better probably for it. Uh... Tell somebody about it, or uh, leave us a rating on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we are also on Facebook, uh, Christmas Creeps, and I believe you're on Twitter under, is it Xmas Creeps? Is that correct? No, it's just at, it's at Christmas Creeps. At Christmas Creeps. Uh, and you can also find us on, you can email us at ChristmasCreeps at gmail.com. Uh, nope, it's at XmasCreeps at gmail.com. <laughs> you, you, okay. you, you can add us on LinkedIn. Um, Friendster, <laughs> uh, V Contacta for oh, our Russian I, friends. Kind of. Yeah, Bradford is on Neopets. Um, <laughs> did you guys see the thing where it revealed that Neopets was like partly owned by Scientologists for a long time? It doesn't fucking surprise me. Anyways, anywho's. Um, yeah, we are the the skull with the candy cane crossbones. The Holly Jolly Roger. That's us. Happy May, everybody. We'll see you next time. Now might be a good time to tell you all about the Motion Picture Association of America's fascinating rating system. Now, if a family wants to see a movie and it's rated G, then everyone can go. Mom and Dad and Buffy and Jody and Grandma and Grandpa and even Sergeant Scruffy. If it's PG, then there might be something unsuitable for young or sensitive viewers, in which case uh, Buffy would just have to stay home, along with Grandma, who didn't want to go to the movies anyway. Now, if the movie's rated PG-13, it might have some material in there that Mommy and Daddy might not like uh, some of the young kids to see, so Jody might just have to stay home. Bye-bye, Jody. Now, if the movie's rated R, then it's going to contain some adult material, in which case a dad who's got a lazy tummy will probably want to stay home. But if the movie's rated NC-17, that means that kids can't get in. Only adults can get in. Mom doesn't want to see adult movies, but Grandpa was in the Army, and he's not bothered very much, and so he decides to stay along with Sergeant Scruffy, who's just a dumb dog anyway. I hope that explains it. Now, back to the cartoon.